welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy, Dominic Demeester. We will recap a crazy week two, already two weeks into the books. Folks, Dominic, it has been an incredible, incredible start to the season. Uh, I don't think you could have asked for a better two weeks. And I know we're just excited to have football back. And if we saw a bunch of blowouts and sloppy playing football, Dominic, we still would have been pleased. But these two weeks have been incredible. And what an incredible week two with comebacks, uh, star players, uh, making plays. Unfortunately, we got injury news, suspensions. It was a fun week, too. Outstanding week, too. Come back Sunday. Holy torpedoes. This was <laughs> insane. And uh, I must say, though, this was a bizarre week, too. Usually things are quite different. Sometimes the favorites come in, but not this time. Lots of upsets, lots of bizarre games. But hey, what better way to start the NFL season? For sure, Dominic. I will kick it off to you to give uh, you a chance to recap a game you want to. But before I do that, Dominic, an incredible stat from this past weekend. There were three teams that won their game this weekend that at one point in the game had a 2% chance to win the game uh, throughout the course of the game. We had, I believe, one of them was obviously there uh, in New York between the Jets and the Browns. The Dolphins obviously made that crazy comeback, which I'll talk about. The uh, Cardinals were out, uh, down by 60, ended up coming back and winning the game in overtime. But Dominic, three teams that had a 2% chance throughout the course of the game to win and all three of them coming up victorious. I think just that sad in itself recaps week two. Yeah. I'm going to pass it on to you now, Dominic. Yeah. hundred percent. What you just said, William is exactly what happened. And let's start on Thursday night football between sure. Kansas city chiefs and the chargers. I had built this as being the game of the week. It didn't quite live up to it, but however, Again, another weird, bizarre game. This had Los Angeles starting on fire. I thought Justin Herbert was playing really well until losing components on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. uh, once those two players, their center, and I believe their right guard went down, people were teeing off on Herbert so much so that he hurt his ribs. And Pat Mahomes got away with an ugly one. You know, he didn't play mm -hmm. this his greatest game. But he found a way to win, and that's all it counts in the NFL is you get the W, who cares how you do it, and the Kansas City Chiefs keep on winning. I have a feeling these two teams clearly are going to play one more time this season, but if not in the playoffs, but I hope we're going to see a lot better than what we saw because I was disappointed with the Kansas City Chiefs, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. If they yeah. play the way that they played, they obviously were missing Tyreek Hill in this game, and again... Somehow good coaching probably prevailed. I'm going to chalk up to that, that Andy Reid, once that offensive line from the Chargers were hurt, he knew how to get to Herbert. He did. And the Kansas City Chiefs won that football game. Well, yeah, Dominic, I think especially after the way the Kansas City Chiefs came out firing and guns a-blazing against the Irish and the Cardinals in week one, you expected to see, I guess, maybe not the exact same outfit from the Chiefs, but at least some type of fireworks. Yeah, charges were up in this game 10-7 to 7 at half. Kansas City looked frustrated. Mahomes looked frustrated. Um, and it just wasn't the Kansas City offense we were used to seeing. Uh, but like you talked about, Dominic, Patrick Mahomes clutched up in that second half and uh, they were able to pull off the victory. Pretty impressive that even when Kansas City looked uh, like they're struggling and not having a good game. They're still able to come up with a victory against a very good team in the Los Angeles Chargers. Refereeing was questionable in this game um, at uh, at times. So that's definitely something that you want to, uh, you know, obviously you got to gotta factor that in uh, to the occasion. Look at the Chiefs, got the majority of those 50-50 calls. Uh, however, look, refs aren't going to see everything. Kansas City Chiefs come away with the W uh, in, uh, in a game that didn't look all that pretty. But, you know, like we say, Dominic, uh, a pretty, uh, or I said, an ugly win is better than a pretty loss. Chiefs go to 2-0. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're able to, to beat their bitter rivals in the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm definitely looking forward to that uh, matchup later on in the season, Dominic, like you mentioned, in Los Angeles. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I think that uh, for this game, it didn't live up to the hype. But um, I think uh, ultimately that next game will be uh, better. A game that did live up to the hype, Dominic, my Miami Dolphins playing the Baltimore Ravens. So I've been a Dolphins fan for a very long time, as a lot of people know. And that has to be the most rewarding, satisfying win I've ever experienced as a Dolphins fan. 
I don't, I don't even know what to say, Dominic. Honestly, I, it was it was really speechless. I was speechless uh, throughout the course of the game. Uh, it was a slow start for Miami, to say the least. Uh, they were down 21-7. to Then they went to 28-7. to And uh, they were able to hit Mike Kosicki in the back of the end zone to make it 28-14. to um, And, you know, Chargers, sorry, not the Chargers, the Ravens uh, ended up scoring on a super long run by Lamar Jackson. I believe it was a 79-yard touchdown run to make it 35-14. Dolphins fans were frustrated. The defense was frustrated. Oh, okay, this game is over. And then Tua put on an absolute clinic. Dominic playing Madden out there with Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, both receivers having over 100 receiving yards in this game. Tyree Kill going for two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Jalen Waddle going for the game-winning touchdown uh, on that last drive the Dolphins had. This was one of the best football games I've ever seen in my life. And honestly, and of course, factoring in the fact that I'm a Dolphins fan, uh, played a key role in this one, but this would this could have been Tua's coming out party, Dominic, and I really, really hope it was. And why I say it was the most satisfying win as a Dolphins fan, even over the Miami Miracle, was because of that, Dominic. Tua's taking a lot of heat in the offseason, has taken a lot of heat in his first two years. Didn't actually have a great game last week against New England, like I mentioned last week on the show, but I guess to sum it up, because I'm talking a lot about this game, because I just I could talk about this game for an hour, Dominic. When when the Baltimore Ravens got the field goal to make it 38 to 35, I for the first time since having Tua on the team, I wasn't worried Mammy would be able to tie it up or win the game. Usually I see the defense has got a hold because I don't trust Tua and the offense to go and get a field goal. But I really wasn't worried. Justin Tucker hit that long field goal. They said, you know what? Miami's gonna at least force this game into overtime, if not get the win. They did that. Tua put the team on his back, throwing for six touchdowns, Dominic. And uh, let me just tell you, Dominic, it was loud in my place because I was screaming and yelling. I was watching the game with my dad. We were both going bananas. And an absolutely incredible win by the Dolphins, Dominic. I'm just uh, super proud of my boys. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, an emotional roller coaster for us Dolphins fans. But, uh, obviously, the end was, uh, was definitely worth, uh, worth the heart attack I almost got. <laughs> this is what it's all about, William. Seeing your team completely prepared to win a football game against who I believe will be there late in the playoffs are the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. You had your back to the wall against what Lamar had a phenomenal game, 21 for 29, 318 yards, three TDs, and also running for 119 yards. Usually that's lights out football for the Ravens, mm-hmm. but no, Chua comes back 36 for 50, 469 yards, six TDs, two picks, and he's got his two mates, Tyreek Hill, 11 receptions, 190 yards, two touchdowns on 13 targets, and Jalen Waddell, 11 receptions as well, 171 yards, two TDs on 19 targets. This is your Miami Dolphins, folks. For all you naysayers, Tua is indeed a very talented quarterback. He needed the weapons. He's gotten them all right now in Miami. I picked Miami to win this division. I know Buffalo really played well against Tennessee yesterday. These are the two teams right now to watch in the AFC East, obviously. But again, Tua, it really showed Tua throwing two interceptions. He was able to put it behind him. And Mm -hmm. that's the sign of growth. And to be able to come back with six TDs. I know that Baltimore was sleeping in the secondary. I know a guy like Hamilton falling asleep on two big plays Mm -hmm. didn't help his defense. Probably a bit too comfortable there, Baltimore. But let's put that aside. You still have to play football. But when you got a guy like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, two premium receivers, anything is possible. Tua delivered. Miami's 2-0. It's not a shocker for the guy sitting here, and I'm sure for you sitting across me. Yeah, Dominic, I did pick Miami to win this game in the quote-unquote upset. And I think you bring up a very good point. Is two at one point in the game had a, had a one to two touchdown to interception ratio. And he stayed calm. He stayed cool. He stayed collective. He stayed mature. And even in that first half, statistically, he wasn't playing well, but he didn't look rattled. And he actually wasn't having a poor game. If you take away his stats, I did think he was reading the ball well. And I did think he was throwing the ball fairly well. Um 
Yeah, just to come back and win that game. Miami's defense played atrocious, I'm not going to lie. However, they came up with a huge stop on third and one and on fourth and one, which completely changed the momentum of the game. So while the Dolphins' defense has a lot of things to work on, uh, they did clutch up when it counted. And man, am I excited to be a Dolphins fan this weekend, Dominic. Big game coming up against Buffalo next week. We'll preview that a little later on. But yeah, Dominic, let's jump to uh, another game to recap because I could talk about this game for hours. <laughs> let's jump <laughs> to the New York Jets versus the Cleveland Browns. Ooh, what an upset out of nowhere. This is what you watch football onside kick recovery. Joe Flacco makes it happen. Old man Flacco going to the fountain of youth, passing for 307 yards, four TDs. This had the fans in Cleveland stunned. I don't think I've seen on a switch. They were so happy, but Flacco put him to sleep. Congratulations for those Jets. This could be potentially a momentum game for the Jets. They finally got that offense going. I know against Cleveland Sleeping D, another team that obviously got overconfident with that big lead. Garrett Wilson, eight receptions, 102 yards. Wow, two touchdowns. He delivered as a rookie. This could have been also his coming up party. So big things for the Jets. Brees Hall, only 23% snaps, but still delivering 50 yards. Seems like he's growing in that offense as well. Yeah, the Jets shocked the Browns. Crazy game, Dominic. This was one of the games where the Cleveland, the New York Jets had a 2% chance to win the game. It was 30 to 17 Cleveland late in this game with about two minutes left. They missed the extra point. Okay, no big deal. They're up by 13. The Jets have no timeouts. They rally back. They get a TD. They get the onside kick. And then Joe Flacco throws a dart to Wilson to put them up 31-30. And that was all she wrote. Big play in this game, Dominic, however, was when um, Nick Chubb didn't go out of bounds. Could have sealed the win. Decided to score and look it's tough he's getting a lot of criticism but though the reason i give him some slack on this is because the first down line was at the one yard line it's not as if it was like at midfield and you know you have time to go out of bounds it, it's tough like i think that's what gave him a little bit of slack but for a, a veteran like him you know you know you get out of bounds there. Like, you know, you take the knee and for, for a guy that, uh, you know, it's, it's as smart as him, never mind as talented, but as smart as Nick Chubb, it's a little bit surprising to see that. But like when you're up 30 to 17, Dominic, with two minutes left, you expect to win this game. Uh, and man, the Browns had a chance, Dominic, to be 2-0 after everything that happened in the offseason with Deshaun um, Watson and them acquiring him. This is a huge, huge statement win by the Jets, Dominic. And like you said, maybe even a turnaround. But just remarkable to see, Dominic, the onside kick being recovered. And the Jets doing this, Dominic, scoring two TDs, all with no timeouts. Yeah, it's quite remarkable. And you said it right there, Nick Chubb not getting out of bounds. But we all know that a player sometimes has clauses in his contract for bonuses, for touchdowns and all that. You're a confident football team. You're never thinking that defense is going to fall asleep, but they did. So, I mean, I don't chalk this as Nick Chubb's fault. I chalk this as the Cleveland defense falling asleep, not taking the Jets seriously. But an old man Flacco has got a Super Bowl and he's a competitor and he put the Browns to sleep. <laughs> did he ever, Dominic? All right, let's jump to another game. Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars shutting out the Indianapolis Colts 24 to nothing, Dom. The Colts got to be the most disappointing team so far for me. They're 0-1-1. They tie against Houston. They lose to Jacksonville. At this point in the season, you got to think, okay, they're definitely at least, well, not even at least, they're going to be 2-0. Like, come on, this is a team with Matt Ryan. They're a quarterback away from, you know, being uh, AFC South champions. And, like, this is a team that I predicted to win the division. And... They have not looked the part, to say the least. Matt Ryan struggled in this game. Uh, scoring, I mean, it was a professional athlete scoring zero points on it that always boggles my mind, especially against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Matty Ice going 16 of 30, no touchdowns, three picks in this game. Uh, and on the other side, Trevor Lawrence looked good, 25 of 30, 235 yards, two TDs. Christian Kirk with 78 yards and two touchdown receptions. The Jaguars, Dominic, don't look now, but they're sitting at 1-1. They just beat the Colts, and this division is wide open, especially with the Titans falling to 0-2. Can the Jacksonville Jaguars potentially win this division? Question mark, question mark. Oh, no. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is not what we think it is. In my opinion, you had the Indianapolis Colts playing without three of their superstars, Leonard, Pittman, and Pierce. Both those three guys are huge in this football team. 
But I will say that I have a huge question mark on Matt Ryan's abilities to play football anymore. You should still find a way to win this football game, regardless, by just handing it off to, to Taylor. Clearly, Frank Wright wasn't able to do some great play calling, and Doug Peterson had him in his pocket. They had a perfect game almost by Trevor Lawrence, 25 for 30, 235 yards, two touchdowns, and a balanced football game in the running department. James Robinson getting a good 23 carries, 64 yards, and a touchdown. I'm going to chalk this up as Jacksonville finding their identity on defense, really hitting Matt Ryan left and right, not making him feel comfortable, and making him throw three picks. Jacksonville's defense, that's their identity. They finally played a balanced football game. And I think that that's why Jacksonville is so good against the Colts in Jacksonville. I think they're like eight and oh now in the last eight games. That's one thing that Indianapolis is going to have to wipe away from the resume and just move on. Jacksonville has their number. They're a good football team when healthy. And Matt Ryan is the only guy that, hey, maybe Matt Ryan's done. If Matt Ryan's done, Indianapolis is in big trouble. Crazy week two in the books, folks. Honestly, we can recap every single one of these games. Unfortunately, we don't have time to do that, but we have time to recap a few more, Dominic. Let me toss it over to you. Let's go New England against Pittsburgh. The Patriots taking it 17-14 in a snoozer. <laughs> Not a great football game for pretty much both sides. I think that Mitch Trubinsky might be sitting by week five if he continues to play this terrible. I do not understand how you replace Ben Roethlisberger for exactly the damn same thing. You're not <laughs> getting any production downfield. Matt Canna's play calling is the same as last year. Where is this offense? Pittsburgh, a snoozer. As for the New England Patriots, they always beat Pittsburgh. There's no shocker here. Mac Jones, 21 for 35, 252 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Hey, just enough to win the game. Belichick, a nice balanced football game, gets Damian Harris, 15 carries, 71 yards, and one touchdown. And Nelson Aguilar, who shows up about twice a year, showed up <laughs> in this game, six reception, 110 yards, one TD. Ugly game. Didn't like it. And I'm a guy who likes low-scoring football games. Yeah. But there was no excitement whatsoever in this football game. You're probably right, William. We will be seeing Kenny Pickett sometime this season. I think so, Dominic. I really do think it's just a matter of time before you see, you know, Kenny Pickett, a guy that's going to bring energy to your franchise. Mitch, Mitch Trubisky is definitely not the answer. I think uh, everyone, including my grandmother, knows that. Uh, this is kind of, I believe this is the exact score I predicted, 17-14 Patriots. Really was the type of game I was expecting. A close game, the point spread. I believe in this game was like um, one yeah. or one and a half. Yeah, yeah so that. Yeah, so really, uh, you know, I think the, the experts got it right here. And uh, no, no surprise for me in this game. And, you know, as much as it sucks to lose if you're the Steelers, Dominic, it may be best case scenario to get uh, Kenny Pickett in there um, as, uh, as your starting quarterback from now on because he's obviously going to be the face of the franchise uh, eventually. So I think you got to throw him in there. Uh, good win by the Patriots, though, after losing to the Dolphins week one. They bounce or they uh, improve the record to one and one. A game I want to talk about, Dominic. Another massive comeback. The Los Angeles Raiders had the arrows and the Cardinals in their back pocket, winning the game 23 to 7 in the fourth quarter. The Arizona Cardinals score a touchdown, get the extra point to make it 23 to 15. They get the ball back. Well, first off, did you see Kyler Murray's uh, two-point convert? Oh, yeah. Beauty. Nice dart right down the middle. Uh, yeah, that one was an, that one was a really nice one. And after that, the 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 first one where he was running around and bought a ton of time and was oh, yes. able, that, that like that that was backyard football at its finest, absolute backyard football. That was the first one to make it twenty three to fifteen. Then I thought the Cardinals score again and they get touched on to make it twenty three twenty three. The Raiders get the football to start overtime. Uh, they uh, Hunter Renfro fumbles the football. Luckily, uh, one of his receivers is there to pick it up. Same drive, he fumbles the football again. The ball gets scooped up by the Cardinals, scoop and score. They end up winning the game 29 to 23. I was listening to Good Morning Football earlier today, Dominic, and Peter Schrager said 
this may have been uh, a season-saving win for these Cardinals. And I know it's only week two, but I think I'm with them on this one. They looked terrible in their first game of the season. They looked awful for the first three quarters in this one and then woke up in the second half down by 16 points, needing two touchdowns and two two two-point conversions. They get it done. They win this game in overtime in the black hole, which is not an easy place to win. Huge win for the Cardinals. And now the Raiders fall to 0-2. Massive game. Uh, just another one of those crazy comebacks by the Cardinals and in a finish, Dominic, that you could not have predicted in your wildest dreams. No, absolutely not. Arizona looked really bad. However, for whatever reason, Cal Murray does light up teams when he's behind. When teams are playing prevent, it's like, okay, well, I can run the football and I can throw dimes when I want. But it seems like when the game's tight, Cal Murray's a different quarterback. I mean, look at his stats. 31 for 49 one TD, one pick, and he ran the ball five times for 28 yards and a TD. Not too bad, right? So, but it's really when the game started to be out of hand after it was 20 nothing, And uh, when he woke up, he started balling. And remember, this team is still missing DeAndre Hopkins. And James Conner was a little bang- banged up at one point in this football game. As for the Raiders, you know... I don't like this football team. I'll say Mm -hmm. it like that. I just don't like them. I don't think Derek Carr is a great quarterback. I know 25 for 39, 252, two touchdowns. I don't like him. I don't like the, I don't like the Raiders. I think they're a very well-balanced football team. I don't understand why Zamir White is not running the football. Only one carry for two yards. This guy's a weapon. They're not using him. Josh McDaniels was a terrible coach in Denver when he had the opportunity. He's not starting off well his career with those Raiders. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't like this football team. I don't expect much from this football team. I don't like Derek Carr. I don't like him. It's that simple. And Arizona, you know, like you just said, great opportunity to revive your season. You're one and one instead of being 0-2. I think, again, we talked about it last week, adversity. That was one moment for this franchise that faced adversity and they overcame that adversity. So congratulations to those Cardinals. So, Dom, do you chalk this up? You know, I know you said you don't really like the, the Raiders. You're not a huge, uh, you know, Ravens fan there. Do you chalk, to, chalk this up to, you know, they played two fairly good teams in the Chargers last week, the Cardinals this week. You give them a little bit of a pass at 0-2 now, you know, playing two close games, looking like, you know, like they controlled this game for the most part. They were in it for the most part against the Chargers last week. Um, obviously, there's no moral victories in the NFL. They obviously, in my opinion, should have won this game, you know, regardless of what the score was. I mean, and they are the better team, I think, uh, especially playing at home. Do you give them a little bit of slack now at 0-2, considering they face two good teams? Or do you know, say, look, you got to start winning these games. This division is going to be very competitive. Um, and in order to because some people pick this team to win the division believe it or not with the addition of Devontae Adams Devontae Adams only having two catches for 12 yards in this game I had him in fantasy and man was I upset uh, with his lack of production but yeah what uh, do you give them some slack because the two teams they played or you got to win under at at all costs in the the NFL yeah no slack Derek Carr sucks sucks. (laughs) he's terrible he's the reason why the Raiders will go nowhere until they replace Derek Carr then I'll say I'll have a look at the Raiders. But right now, Devontae Adams is the big signing. It's all about Devontae Adams. They try to switch it up a little bit by feeding the ball all around, but it just showed that Derek Carr can't do that. He's a one-dimensional quarterback, and at the end of the day, the Raiders won't make the playoffs. Hey, I like it, Dominic. You don't beat around the bush. You say it like it is. A bunch more games to recap, Dominic. So many to choose from. I'm going to let you choose a nice game. Yes, let's go. Our next game, the Carolina Panthers against the Giants. Stable starting his season 2-0. and I did not see this coming. No I one would've... did. No one did. No, no, no. no. I thought the Panthers were going to take this. I'm not a fan of Daniel Jones, but it's he seems to not be putting Daniel Jones in these horrible situations because he's got Saquon Barkley to feed the ball to 21 times, 72 yards. Not a huge game, but again, 21 times gets that clock turning. And for Matt Rule, dude, you will be fired by the end of the season. You're not listening to either somebody in your franchise or some the complete opposite. Somebody's leading you in the wrong direction. Again, we see Robbie Anderson here. Three receptions, 32 yards. I think he's 90%. He actually was on the field more than Christian McCaffrey. When Robbie Anderson is outplaying 
Christian McCaffrey, you got a problem. Feed McCaffrey or get off the damn field. I said it last week. This is the reason why the Carolina Panthers are 0-2, and they too are going absolutely nowhere as long as Mac Rule is the head coach for this football team. Yeah, I'm surprised, Dominic. Okay, I guess a question to ask you. More surprised the Panthers being 0-2 or the Giants being 2-0? I would say the Panthers being 0-2. Look at that defense. That defense came out to play. They played really hard. They only gave Barkley 72 yards on 21 carries, averaging 3.4 yards a carry. That usually doesn't win you a football game. So it's not the Panthers' defense. It's the offensive play calling again in Carolina. It's not Baker's fault. Yeah, he didn't have the greatest game, 14 for 29, 145 yards. That doesn't really surprise me, but they're not using the right personnel on offense. They got the wrong guys on the field. What do I know? I'm not at practice, but Christian McCaffrey is this offense. And right now, even though he got 102 yards on 15 carries, he should be getting 20 carries minimum per game. And if he's not, he either, either is not healthy, they're trying to conserve him, but you know what? It's not working. You're 0-2, do something else, or Matt Rule, you'll be out of a job. Yeah, it's uh, it's easy to say the Panthers at 0-2. I'll play devil, devil's advocate and say the Giants being 2-0 and is more surprising. But yeah, no, disappointing season for Carolina so far, Dominic. Uh, Baker, you know, coming to Carolina, uh, trying to be that quarterback that uh, that they need. And a very slow start for them, to say the least. But yeah, Giants at 2-0, Dominic. Their two wins haven't looked pretty. They've just squeaked by in both those Ws. But like we talked about, Dominic, a win is a win just the same. Uh, Saquon Barkley, you're right, being held in check. 21 uh, carries, only 72 yards. You look at these stats, it's pretty remarkable the Giants found a way to win this game. They got James, 51 receiving yards, Sills with 37, Shepard with 34. Like, this is unbelievable. Who are these guys? William, who are these guys? That's what I mean. And Kenny Galladay, uh, I believe he only played two snaps in this game. So it's like you see the stats in this game and who played. You're like, okay, the Carolina Panthers definitely won this game and won this game by double digits, but they didn't. And maybe that's a credit to the Giants' defense and, and, and holding the Carolina Panthers to 16 points. But yeah, I'm very surprised to the Giants at 2-0. Uh, just one of those kind of head scratchers, Dominic. Uh, that's been a weird, fun, exciting uh, start to the NFL season. See if the Giants can keep it up there. Another head scratcher for me, Dominic, the Cincinnati Bengals. What's up with Cincy? They go to the AFC Championship game last year. They win the AFC Championship game. They go to the Super Bowl last year, and uh, they lose a close game to the Los Angeles Rams. This team won the AFC last year, Dominic. They are now sitting at 0-2. They lose to your Pittsburgh Steelers, who don't look that good. They lose to the Dallas Cowboys without Dak Prescott, 20-17. Joe Burrow is on his behind for most of the game. It's, it's incredible how, like, at this point, Okay, the the Bengals O-line isn't good, and I didn't watch enough of this game, so I can't really say for sure if it's more on Joe Burrow taking sacks or the O-line. I I, I would say I'm inclined to see the O-line. This O-line hasn't been good, and I have seen some of the game. Um, So I see the Cincinnati Bengals O-line hasn't been great, and it's been tough for Joe Burrow. But, like, Dominic, he's been sacked, I believe it's 13 times in these two games. When they drafted Jamar Chase... Uh, over Penny Sewell, Dominic, a few people said, you know what, they should have went O-line, and it's hard to argue against the pick of Jamar Chase with how special he is. But, man, like, this Bengals offensive line can't block, and they've lost two games to two teams they should have beat and should have easily beat, and now this Bengals team is sitting at 0-2. I don't get it. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Mike McCarthy put Zach Taylor in his pocket and outcoached him. It's that simple. I agree 100% with you. The two guys they draft, or they drafted one guy, and they picked up Alex Coppa on the offensive line. Both those guys are great run blockers. They didn't solve their pass protection. And when Joe Burrow is coming out of surgery two weeks before the season, he's not going to be 100%. He lost 20 pounds. He's obviously not in with him whatsoever. But I am not going to say that I'm worried about the Cincinnati Bengals. I predicted this. I, I knew they were going to start off slow. This team could turn it on a dime midseason and win the like without going to the playoffs without losing one game on a huge winning streak. I see Cincinnati being just fine. They'll figure it out. They have Jamar Chase. They have Higgins. They have Mixon. They have now Hurst, who's a very good pickup at tight end. They're fine. The reason why the Dallas Cowboys won is they have Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy put on a clinic in terms of play calling. I would have loved to see 
Elliott get more than 15 carries, but it looks like Tony Pollard is in this football team and Tony Pollard will be part of this offense. And what, why not? He, he is producing nine carries, 43 yards, one touchdown, four receptions, 55 yard, breaking a big one for 46 yards. This is a Mike McCarthy special win. And all those people put Cooper Rush, you know, who's Cooper Rush? He's obviously, he got cut. Why is he back on this football team and leading the Dallas Cowboys? Hey, it's about a system. It's about a plan. Mike McCarthy has a Super Bowl for a reason. And that's why they came out of this game with this victory. Yeah, impressive win there by the Cowboys, uh, obviously without their starting quarterback. Uh, I'm with you, Dominic. I'm not too worried about the Bengals yet. However, if they lose this week to the New York Jets, I will be worried about them. Sitting at 0-3, losing three games to teams they should beat won't look good for them. But uh, yeah, I think that maybe just me, some AFC Championship hangover uh, for them because no, they have definitely not looked the part to start the season. All right, Dom, let's bounce to another game. Let's bounce it to... The Seattle Seahawks against the San Francisco 49ers. Unfortunately, fans, injury alert. Trey Lance breaks his ankle, dislocates his ankle. His ankle is right now in the parking lot. Trey Lance is no longer the San Francisco 49er quarterback. Jimmy G returns in San Francisco with a huge victory, 27-7. to Sorry, Trey Lance, I don't mean to dump on you, but you're on the wrong football team. This guy will be traded in the offseason if Jimmy G takes this team to the Super Bowl, which I predict now that the San Francisco 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo after week two. They will light up that division, especially with that strong defense, which is just uh, a nightmare to deal with. Even though Pete Carroll had some good plays for Geno Smith, The problem with the Seahawks in this game is that they couldn't find their running identity. And I think that is because Kenneth Walker III came up and mixed the pot a little bit up in Seattle. They're going to have to think of who's going to be the lead back in Seattle because Rashad Penny's running well. Even Travis Travis Homer was running well. But to me, you got to find one guy. I don't think Seattle has figured out who that's going to be in Seattle. Once they do, they'll be probably a 500 football team. But now that San Francisco has Jimmy G, watch out, folks. The 49ers are going to destroy a lot of people in the NFL this year. Victim number one, the Seattle Seahawks. What a turn of events, Dominic. Honestly, incredible. Jimmy G, is he going to stay with the 49ers in the offseason? Are they going to trade him? What's going to happen? He decides to stay. He's the backup quarterback of the team. Unfortunately, a terrible injury to Trey Lance. Uh, You know, thoughts and prayers to him and his recovery. He'll be missing the entire season. And then how lucky are the San Francisco 49ers to have a backup like Jimmy G? Look, I'm not a huge Jimmy G fan. He's definitely solid to have as your backup, arguably, or probably the best backup uh, in the NFL. We're going to see Dominic. Jimmy G, all he's done throughout his career has been has won games. Um, hasn't looked pretty. He hasn't put up the best stats. Uh, but, you know, right now it looks like he has the team to do it. He has the defense. Basically the exact same team as last year when they made the NFC uh, championship game. So it will be uh, very interesting to see what happens there in in San Francisco. But, like, I don't think the 49ers could have been, like, this is exactly why you keep a guy like Jimmy G. Um, and uh, as much as, you know, it, it sucks for Trey Lance and, uh, you know, the fact that he's going to have to rehab and, and, and miss all that time. Uh, Jimmy G, you know, credit him. He stayed with the team. Um, and, uh, you know, he was that team player. And now he's going to get a chance to put the team on his back once again and potentially lead them uh, to, uh, to a deep playoff run. So big news there in San Francisco. And I think with the Seahawks, Dominic, I think this this is the kind of team I was expecting. I think Geno Smith going 24 of 30, 197 yards. This stat in itself just shows to me why completion percentage is important, but but it's overrated. Like he goes 24 of 30, a great completion percentage, but he doesn't score a touchdown. This offense did not score a point. Their only points were off a block field goal return to the end zone. So while completion percentage is important, you, you have to stretch the ball down the field. You're not going to win football games. Completing screens, you know, two-yard passes throughout uh, throughout the course of the game. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately for the Seahawks there, they are not able to, to put up uh, any offensive scores. But uh, sad for Trey Lance, happy for Jimmy G. And, yeah, it's going to be, a, man, a crazy season there in San Francisco. And curious, Tom, like, like you said, what's going to happen with Trey Lance? Um 
A lot of things up in the air there. Let's go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints. Not a great game here, Dominic. A very defensive game. Tampa Bay was finally able to put up a touchdown in the second half. The Bucs winning 20-10. to Brady continues to struggle against his arch rival in the New Orleans Saints. It was his first victory against the Saints in a Bucs uniform. Big story in this game, the battle between uh, Lattimore and Mike Evans. They don't like each other. There's definitely no love lost over there. Mike en- Evans has been suspended for a game. Uh, his next game upcoming next week, he will appeal the suspension. But yeah, there was it was an ugly game. There was fisticuffs. These two teams don't like each other. And this is like old school football. Uh, and yeah, there's no shaking hands. You know, uh, good game, my guy, after the game. This We don't like each other. We're not going to pretend we like each other. And uh, a gutsy win by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their offense has yet to get going, but that defense has been uh, has been very impressive to say the least. Tampa wins in a low-scoring game, twenty to ten, with uh, Mike Evans going to be suspended for the next game, potentially, potentially. Yeah, he'll probably be suspended. I would I'd be very surprised if they overturn it. Yes, Tampa Bay wins this through their defense. Their defense played phenomenal, but Jameis Winston, you know that injury to his back. That's going to be a tough one to get over throughout the entire season. If for whatever reason, Alvin Kamara does not come back and is even suspended, the Saints are in deep, deep trouble. I know they have three solid wide receivers in Olave, Thomas, and um, Landry, but if you can't get the ball to them because Jameis Winston is hurt, they might maybe bring in another quarterback to come and help those Saints continue at some point during the season. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Tom Brady, you know, not phenomenal, but it's Tom Brady. He didn't make any mistakes, didn't throw any interception. He didn't have much going other than throwing a little bomb to Brashard Perriman, old yeah. man Perriman, catching a big pass to seal the victory. Good job on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on being 2-0 and and on advancing in a division right now that is wide open for them. And I expect Tampa Bay to continue where they left off. Yeah, for sure, Dominic. A division that is wide open. Um, do you? What do you make of the early struggles for Tampa Bay's offense? Is it a little bit uh, of rust? You know, the first two games of the season, uh, or do you think you know not having the protection that Brady's used to is going to be big? I think it's you know not having Gronk. Obviously, this offense looks different. What do you make of it, Dominic? Ring a ding ding, ring a ding ding. Hello, is this Rob Gronkowski? <laughs> yes, it is Rob Gronkowski. This is the guy who's missing in this football team, and if it continues. He will be on this football team midway through the season, at least. I think that if Brady had Gronk, it would open up the opportunities for other receivers uh, to be open. And they're missing Godwin right now. So once Godwin comes back, that will help out this football team as well. But I do think Gronk, believe it or not, will end up unretiring to help Tom Brady on his journey to the Super Bowl. Honestly, Dominic, I would not be surprised in the least. We recap most of the games, folks. A few games we didn't. Buffalo Bills looking very good against the Titans. Uh, the Eagles putting up a 24-7 victory uh, over the Vikings. Denver squeaking by those Houston Texans. Uh, their offense still has yet to get going. And congrats to the Detroit Lions, Dominic. Uh, favored in this game for the first time. I believe it was 20-plus games. They beat the Washington Commanders. Uh, the, uh, the NFC North, Dominic, is going to be a fun division to follow. Week two in the books already, folks. Let's jump to week three. Preview these games. A Thursday nighter, Dominic, between your Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns. Cleveland favored by five in this one. I'm going to toss it over to you. Yeah, Cleveland and Pittsburgh will go at it on a short week. I smell an injury in this football game. Mitch Trubinsky Uh-oh. goes down in this football game in the fourth quarter. Kenny Pickett comes out. To win the football game, give me Pittsburgh in a tight one, 24 to 21. All right, Dom. Unfortunately, I'm going the other way. Give me the Cleveland Browns to win in a tight one. I'm going to go Cleveland 20 to 17. I could definitely see this game going either way, uh, but I do think that uh, Trubisky will struggle a little bit in this game. And, you know, I could see it being a defensive affair with, uh, you know, the Cleveland Browns just edging out those Pittsburgh Steelers. So give me the Browns by three in this one. Next up, we got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Indianapolis Colts. KC favored by six and a half. I think if you saw this game preseason, you would said, man, this could have been a great game. I don't think this is going to be a great game, Dominic. I think that, you know, Indianapolis is at home. They're going to be hungry and they're going to want to come in with a victory. But I just think right now the Kansas City teams, 
Kansas City Chiefs are a much superior team. I don't like what I see out of Indianapolis. And I'm going to go Casey in this one in a fairly uh, one-sided game. Give me Casey to win this game 33-20. to 20. Uh, Mahomes having a big day. And, uh, yeah, Matt Ryan throwing an interception or two in the second half in this game. Give me the Chiefs to improve to 3-0. and yeah, I'm going to say this is going to be the upset of the week. Wow. I think that right now, all the guys that I mentioned on the top of the show, Pierce, Pittman, Leonard, come back and play in this football game. Indianapolis cannot lose this football game. And I really think that the identity of this team is Leonard. Once this guy's on this football team, they will be completely different. The defense leads this victory for Indianapolis. They upset the Kansas City Chiefs 28 to 27 in a tight football game. Damn, I like it. Next up, the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. we got a divisional matchup here. Saints favored by three. Ooh, this is going to be a good one. Give me Carolina to finally get in the win column. Baker Mayfield gets his first win as a Carolina Panther. They're playing this game at home. They're underdogs. I think they're fed up. I think we're going to see, like you said, a heavy dose of Christian McCaffrey in this game. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, the uh, the unknowns there just with the Saints and, and Alvin Kamara and what's going to happen with Jameis Winston. You talked about his injury and the way he played last week. I think he has a better game this week, but I don't think it's enough. Give me the Carolina Panthers to finally get their first one of the season. I'm going to go 24-20 over the division rivals Matt rule basically lost all my confidence so i'm going with the saints here i think the saints bounce back they need Jameis winston to play either par football in other words just don't make any mistakes don't throw any picks like you did last week and just ride whatever running game you can muster out for those saints and i think they do find a way to get Taysom hill involved give me the saints here and another close one 17 14 all right, next up, we got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Tennessee Titans. Both teams surprisingly looking for their first win of the season. Dominic, Raiders favored by one. This is a tough one to call, but I do think that the Tennessee Titans at home will win this football game. Derrick Henry will run and run hard. He didn't run that well last week, but I, would, I can't imagine him not running back-to-back weeks. He will be fed all game long. A very quick football game. Tennessee takes it. 28 to 27. Yeah, I'm with you on this one, Dominic. This is a tough game to pick, but I will go with the home team in this one, just edging out the Las Vegas Raiders. Give me the Titans 26 to 23. I think Tennessee gets back to their winning ways. I want to see how the Raiders are going to, uh, you know, incorporate Devontae Adams in this offense, having just having two receiving yards um, in, uh, sorry, just two receptions in the previous game. Also a big storyline to watch here. Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs haven't, had the start of the season, they would like to, uh, you know, they would have liked. So I want to see uh, how these two running backs get going. And I think the Tennessee Titans went in a close one, 26 to 23. Next up, we got the Houston Texans at the Chicago Bears. Bears favored by two and a half. I'm going with uh, Lovey Smith and the Houston Texans here. I think Damian Pierce finally comes out of the garage, runs for over 100 yards. Give me Houston, 24 to 20. I'm with you on this one too, Dominic. Give me Houston Texans in the upsets against the Chicago Bears. The Bears are this past Monday night football, uh, sorry, but this past the Sunday night football game against the Packers was kind of what I expected uh, to happen out of this team. I think the t- Texans win this game and I think they win this game by double digits. Give me Houston 24-13. Davis Mills having a good game, putting this team on his back. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks having two receiving touchdowns in this game and the Texans improving to 2-1. and one. Next up, NFC East matchup. Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Commanders. Eagles favored by four. This is going to be a very crazy football game. Might be the game of the week, actually. I really think that the Washington Commanders, on a short week for those Eagles, can take advantage of those Eagles. I'm going to call another upset here. Give me the Commanders here, 28-20 to on the Antonio Gibson show. I think he's involved in all phases, and he leads the Washington Commanders to a victory. Wow. Good stuff, Dom. I like the upsets. I'm going to go Philadelphia and I'm going to go Philadelphia big in here, Dominic. So not what you predicted. Give me those Eagles 30 to 16. I thought the Eagles were a little bit overhyped to start the season, but I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Jalen Hurts. Uh, He's impressed me. He looked really good in that Monday night football game uh, against those uh, Minnesota Vikings. Started off that game hot. He's making great decisions. 
you know, taking care of the football, uh, running when he needs to, and really being that dual threat quarterback. The Eagles look good, Dominic, and I've been impressed with them so far, and I think that the trend continues here. So give me those Eagles to come away victorious over Washington. Next up, another divisional matchup, Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings favored by six and a half in this one. This is a lot. Oof. You know what? Give me the Lions in the upset here, Dominic. Give me the Lions. I'm going to go in overtime. 27-24, Lions kick a field goal, and then the defense stands strong and beats the Minnesota Vikings. This point spread is very surprising to me. Six and a half. I know Minnesota's at home, um, and, you know, on paper, they are the better team. But, no, I like what I see of Detroit so far in this season. They played a really close game week one, came up victorious week two, and I think that, uh, you know, they get the second win of the season, and they beat the Minnesota Vikings here in Minnesota. I agree this is going to be a good football game. I think that... Minnesota on a short week aren't going to be 100%, but they will get it done against Detroit. I love the play of Amon Ray. I'm taking people's yeah. jobs. St. Brown, this guy is legit, <laughs> but they lose as well in overtime and a crazy one, 35 to 33. All right, next up, we got the... <laughs> Got you. All good. All good. We got it. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens against the New England Patriots. Ravens favored by three in this one. Oof. Both teams needing a victory. Well, not necessarily. Both teams sitting at one and one would like a victory to improve to two and one. I'm going to go with the Ravens coming away in this one. Come away victorious. Look, credit the Patriots for winning last game. I just haven't seen enough of this offense to believe in them, Dominic. They put up seven week one. They've only put up 17 in the second week. Uh, I think Lamar has a, has a very good game, similar to what he had against the Dolphins. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think the Ravens come away with this one. I'm going to go with a final score. Give me 28 to 13, Baltimore. Baltimore will destroy the New England Patriots. I think that Lamar Jackson should have won last week. He did not. He is going to be a man on the mission. Give me a blowout 45 to 10 for the Baltimore Ravens. Whew. All right. Next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the New York Jets. Since he favored by four and a half. The Jets just drank from victory. Can they do it against the Cincinnati Bengals? No. Joe Flacco <laughs> is the quarterback. We all know what Flacco can do, which is not much lately, but we'll give him that one pass last week. Cincinnati blows out the Jets 28 to 10. For Cincinnati, they take it on two touchdown passes to Joe Mixon. Honestly, never thought I would say this preseason, but I'm pretty excited about this game. You know, the New York Jets coming off a big victory. They're playing at home. Cincinnati yet to get their first win of the season. This one, I think this is where they get it. I think Jamar Chase has a big game in this one. Give me Jamar getting three receiving touchdowns in this one. I'm going to go 27 to 16 Cincy over the New York Jets. And yeah, the Bengals finally uh, get on board and get the W there. Next up, we got the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Bills favored by four. Big game, Buffalo, Miami. Whoo, this is going to be a dandy. I want to take Miami in this football game, but I think that Buffalo will take the first one, probably lean a lot on their defense. They've been doing very well against the run. I think they take the run out completely from Miami and force them to become one-dimensional. And as a result, Tua throws a few picks. Buffalo takes this football game 30-20. to 20. I think this is going to be a close game, and I just cannot pick against Miami Dolphins, especially after what I saw last week, Dominic. At home, a ton of momentum. Tua putting the team on his back. I got a high scoring, high-ish scoring game in this one. Giving my Miami Dolphins in an upset to finally beat the Buffalo Bills, a team they've struggled against. If they're going to do it, why not now, especially after that crazy win? Give me the Dolphins in a potential game of the week, 30-27 to 27 over the division rival Buffalo Bills. Next up, the four o'clock game, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers favored by seven in this one. I'm going to go with the Chargers just covering in this game. I think Jacksonville keeps it close for the most part, but I do think that uh, Justin Herbert and this offense will be a little bit too much for them. I like what I saw to Mike Williams this past week in the loss to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I do think that trend continues. So give me the Chiefs to, sorry, the Chargers to win this game. I'm going to go 27 19 over Jacksonville. Yeah, we got to keep an eye on on the uh, offensive line of the Chargers. If they're not healthy, Jacksonville's D is really, really showing up. So I'm going to go with the Chargers, but I'm going to say they don't cover the spread. 24 to 20. All right, next up, the Battle of the Birds. We got the Atlanta Falcons at the Seattle Seahawks. 
Seahawks favored by two. Give me Atlanta in the upset. I like what I saw out of Atlanta. The second half against the Rams almost came storming back and won that game. Uh, they had a two tough losses, especially in the week one. I think this is the week the Atlanta Falcons get it done. They ride that defense. Uh, I'm going to say Drake London goes for a touchdown. And Kyle Pitts finally gets some production. I'm going to go with the Falcons winning this game by a final score. Give me Atlanta 20 to 14 to get their first win of the season against the Seahawks. Yeah, this is a true coin toss of a game. Whoever makes the less mistakes will win this football game. I'll give them a slight nudge because Pete Carroll's the head coach. He wins a weird one, 20 to 17 for Seattle. All right, next up, we got the Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. Divisional matchup here, Rams favored by four. Both teams coming off a victory. I'm going to go with the Super Bowl champion Rams here, winning the game and covering mm, final score 30 to 23. Uh, I think that the Rams are going to be able to continue off of what we saw last week offensively. And, uh, you know, I think that Stafford will be able to spread the ball a little bit more in this one. And I got them coming away victorious over the cards. Yeah, this is a tough one to pick as well. But I think Jalen Ramsey really played a big factor last week it carries over this week the rams take it probably a blowout i'm gonna go with a blowout 30 to 10 for the rams all right next up we got a battle of the bays green bay packers at the tampa bay buccaneers bucks favored by two and a half ugly time for tom brady to throw some picks i don't like this one at all for tampa i don't think the mm-hmm. team's healthy i think green bay is going to be, be very mad and find their identity they blow out the tampa bay buccaneers 35 to seven you know i it's crazy to think about this dominic and then i'm going to say it but i don't know if i trust either offense and how weird would that be to say considering it's tom brady and aaron Rodgers. oof tampa bay defense has been playing better i'm going to go with the better defense give me the bucks to win this game and just covering the spread 23 to 20 over the green bay packers winning at home next up sunday night football we got the 49ers at the broncos 49ers favored by one. Oh man this should be a heck of a game whew Broncos have been struggling on offense. San Francisco has a good defense. That sounds like a recipe for disaster for the Broncos. Give me the 49ers in this one on the road, 24 to 16 over Denver. I love the pick, William, and I completely agree. Jimmy G comes in mile high with his back against the wall and delivers a tight football game, an ugly football game. San Francisco wins it 22 to 20. All right, finally, Monday Night Football. Divisional matchup once again, Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. Giants favored by two and a half. Give me the Cowboys and the upset in this one. I like what I saw at a Cooper Rush. I know this game is in New York. I know they won two in a row, but my gut is just telling me to pick the Cowboys in this one. So I'm going to listen to my gut. Cowboys 21-17 over the Giants. Yeah, I don't know who's going to be playing well in this football game because both of these offense are confusing to say the least. I'm going to have to go with the home team. Just the home team seems the logical way to go. I don't know how they do it. Probably behind Brian Dable's great offensive play calling as of late to start off the season. He continues. He leans on that defense to take care of Cooper Rush. Give me the Giants 20 to 17. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Really hope you enjoy the show. A lot of great games coming to you week three. It all starts today, Thursday night. Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns. Hope you enjoy that game. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, can't believe, you know, the first two weeks are already in the books. Felt like it was just preseason, folks. But uh, yeah, same time, same place next week, folks. Thank you to our listeners. Without you guys, we don't have a show. So I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoy the show and stay tuned for next week's show. You were listening to CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.